The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Four Nights at Fretzies. I'm Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be heard on Wrestle Addict Radio, The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast across all common listening platforms. And today I will be predicting and previewing Wrestlemania, NXT Stand and Deliver, NXT UK Prelude, and a few other notable matches that will be going on during Wrestlemania weekend. And as always, continuing my 20-year look back on Monday Night Raw from April 9th, 2001, featuring the two-man power trip of Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley going up against Team Extreme of Matt and Jeff Hardy and Lita. All that and so much more this week. Get yourself comfy, strap in your earbuds, go for a nice walk outside before WrestleMania that is, and enjoy this absolutely loaded show. Now, I have the cards for WrestleMania and NXT Stand and Deliver as of Monday, April the 5th. So any matches that get added after the fact, well, I simply won't be able to predict. But I will probably feature them on Twitter when I am live tweeting the shows. So on the Stand and Deliver end, we have... Two loaded nights, like WrestleMania last year, and technically this year too, it is too big for one night. So NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver is taking place, of course, in the Capitol Wrestling Center in FLA, Florida. Starting off, actually I don't know what is starting off this event. I have the Wikipedias open here and... They're not quite in order, although the main events for Night 1 and Night 2 are pretty much set in stone. Pete Dunne versus Kushida. Now, over the past little while, Pete Dunne has been throwing out the gauntlet and challenging people to be stepping up to his game because he claims to be the best tech technical wrestler in NXT today and what better man to answer that challenge than Kushida now these two were part of a battle royal on NXT recently which determined the six competitors in the six man gauntlet eliminator uh, eliminator match which is later in the show also which I will be talking about in a second and you know, they eliminated each other. They got in each other's face. 
and they continued brawling after they were eliminated. So Kushida answers the challenge here, and he has been looking for that first big win. You know, I know I believe he made Johnny Gargano tap. He has defeated uh, some other notable people in NXT, but I think getting the win against a guy like Pete Dunne would be huge for him and could move him up the ranks for a future championship shot. So, I initially picked Pete Dunne for this. I actually had to redo a recording here, uh, audio issues and whatnot. And then, then I picked Pete Dunne due to shenanigans from Oni Lorcan and or maybe Pat McAfee because I would love to see Kushida lock in the hoverboard lock on McAfee. But I think Kushida's going to get a big win here and hopefully move up the ranks in NXT. A triple threat tag team match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championship is up here with MSK, the winners of the 2021 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, going up against their finalists and opponents at uh, TakeOver earlier this year, the Grizzled Young Veterans, and Legato Del Fantasma. Now, as much as I want to see MSK cash in their Dusty Cup win here, I like the story of the babyface chase just a little bit more. And I love GYV a whole lot more. So I think the babyface chase is going to be on as of stand and deliver as the grizzled young veterans will soon be recognized, or by the time you hear this, now be recognized as NXT Tag Team Champions. And now, with the benefit of hindsight, you will already have seen this event by the time I'm predicting this. So while I hydrate myself with this lime sparkling water, take a minute to laugh at me and send me a laughing emoji in my DMs or in the Patreon chat. Which, hey, by the way, join the Russell Attic Radio Patreon. Five bucks a month, 15% off of our merch, exclusive shows. Fretz's Fave 5 should be coming up the same day as WrestleMania here. I just have to get it recorded. I already have a subject, and you're going to have to join Patreon and wait and see what it is. GYV, Liverpool's number one son, is going to get another tag team championship belt. And now the six-man gauntlet eliminator match will determine the number one contender to Johnny Gargano's North American Championship on night two. We have Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. Now to me, there was only one clear-cut winner of this match. And although I love... Cameron Grimes, especially his recent uh, winnings in the stock market. Hey, Grammy, old pal, if you could let me know your secret or, you know, loan me about uh, $12,000 to pay off the rest of my student loans, that'd be great. That would 
be great. Then so I can start putting away some dough for Fretz to have his own house. Don't get me wrong. I like my apartment. I like its location as it's three doors down from my job. But old Fretzy boy wants his own house with his own little studio, a nice porch, a fire pit, and a bathtub. Because your boy only has a stand-up shower, and your boy has scoliosis, so he has a bad back and likes to soak once in a while. Dexter Loomis is going to win this match and become the North American champion. You know, because we have a little bit of a kerfuffle here between some lads in this match. Ruff and, and Swerve have him going back and forth on TV, having a few matches here and there, having some run-ins, having some beef. Bronson Reed decided to Chris Farley L.A. Knight's beautiful cashmere coat or whatever kind of material that ish is made of because that is some expensive stuff. He decided to go fat guy in a little coat. I swear to God, fat boy, don't do it. Richard, what's... That's my favorite movie of all time right there, Tommy Boy. And yeah, Bronson Reed... Yeah, being a bit of a dick, taking L.A. Knight's nice coat. What did L.A. Knight do to you, huh? Well, actually, he taunted him and teased him. And they probably had some beef on the Indies as well as Eli Drake. And whatever Bronson Reed's name was on the Indies. For the NXT UK title on night one, because the UK title is going to be on the line on night two... So this totally spoiled the result of this, but, I mean, come on, Tommaso Ciampa was not going to beat Walter for the UK title here. There's only one person I think could feasibly beat Walter, and it's not the man, actually it is the man that's fighting him at Prelude, but it's not happening at Prelude either. So uh, Walter is going to chop the beard off of Tommaso Ciampa's face. However, you know, if I can echo a little bit of words from uh, my good brother on Russell Addict Radio, Mr. YLP himself, if Tommaso Ciampa can channel a little bit of the Blackheart, then we're going to have a very good, hard-hitting, competitive match on our hands. You know, just the other day, I decided to rewatch a little bit of uh, Ciampa Gargano some of their feud on NXT, and it is just so damn good. If we get TakeOver Champa, Walter, you know, he might underestimate him a little, a little bit, but I do think that the big Austrian Imperium is going to walk out as champion. And in the main event of night one for the Women's Championship, we have Io Shirai, who has held on held on to the title since NXT TakeOver In Your House last May, almost having a full year run with this belt. Defeating all comers from Mercedes Martinez to Dakota Kai, and so many more. But the buck stops here. 
because Raquel Gonzalez is going to be your new women's champion. This feud has been percolating for quite some time now, you know, dating all the way back to last November in the War Games match. Raquel Gonzalez pinned Io Shirai to win the match for her team in what was one of the best matches one of the best women's matches of last year complete with Io Shirai the flying trash can the total meme that she is and I want to take this time to remind you folks to hydrate yourself get your water even if it's the sparkly kind I was very tempted to get the whiskey out for this but I'm saving that for my post-podcast recording whiskey on my front porch because it, because it is a nice, clear, and cool night in Savile Beach, Ontario, Canada. Night two. Starting off here, well, maybe not starting off because, again, Wikipedia doesn't have the right order, maybe. We have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defending the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship against The Way, represented by Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Now, as much as I want to see The Way have all of the gold in NXT because of a result that I'm going to be seeing a little later on in here, and maybe due to a little bit of shenanigans by a certain Austin Theory in the Gargano match, I see the champions retaining their titles, at least for now. Because I do think that the next women's tag champs in NXT will be Candice and Indy. It is not going to be at Stand and Deliver. Because they are going to tank their way through the competition and retain and in w- which could be the show stealer of the entire weekend, we have WrestleMania 10 in 2021. Another show I was recently watching because in preparation for WrestleMania week, I've been going back and looking at WrestleMania 17, 18, uh, when I go to bed uh, here shortly because it's just after midnight. I'll be watching Mick Foley versus Edge from WrestleMania 22's Big Time. Jordan Devlin, the actual NXT Cruiserweight Champion, fight me on that, versus the interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Santos Escobar, with Mendoza and Wild of Legado del Fantasma. In a unification ladder match, which will absolutely steal the show. Devlin winning the NXT Cruiserweight Championship last year at Worlds Collide. And of course, due to COVID be damned, Jordan was stuck in the UK, but killing it on NXT UK through his open challenges against the likes of A-Kid and Trent Seven. 
This is where I see Jordan Devlin having his Razor Ramon moment and becoming the undisputed cruiserweight champion. You know, just last week on NXT, they had a face... No, two weeks ago now, they had a face-off in the middle of the ring, which was interrupted by the heartbreak kid himself, Shawn Michaels, who found himself in a similar situation leading up to WrestleMania 10 in the infamous ladder match at Madison Square Garden against Rezo Ramon because Michaels was not the Intercontinental Champion. He was stripped of the title and suspended due to him being a naughty boy with the drugs or something like that. The drug test in 93 wellness policy and he was taken off of TV for quite some time, only to find him in the middle of the ring with the actual Intercontinental Champion Razor Ramon, having won it in a tournament, defeating the model Rick Martel in the final. Jordan Devlin, I think, will get the title here. And the Gauntlet Eliminator winner, Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano for the North American championship Johnny you're gonna go night night you're having a nap you're gonna be silenced by Dexter Loomis and I think that Austin Theory is going to have a role to play here he is going to turn his back on the way and cost Gargano leading to the silence but because Dexter Loomis is a man that stands alone, I don't see him taking too kindly to trying to befriend him. The man from Recluse, Wyoming. That's what I was going to try to say because I forgot that for a second. The unsanctioned match. The match that has given me big time DIY vibes, speaking of Gargano is Adam Cole, baby, versus Kyle O'Reilly. Now, there has been tension in the Undisputed Era for quite some time, and it finally came to a head following NXT Vengeance Day in February. The Undisputed Era is dissolved. It is no more. Adam Cole was the leader of this amazing faction. My favorite faction in the history of NXT and maybe the WWE for the past decade, and that includes The Shield and The New Day. Finally, things came to a head. The group basically dissolved and as i get a notification on my phone that the toronto maple leaves defeated the calgary flames five to three thanks to former new york islander john tavares we move on now this is a feud i can see spreading across several takeovers throughout the entire year you know, these two lads have been on NXT for about four years now. 
and have very little left to prove. This match is another potential show stealer because if they can replicate a fraction of what they pulled off at ROH Final Battle 2016, we are in for a treat. These two are no strangers to each other when it comes to street fights or unsanctioned matches or even feuds because they were also stablemates in Ring of Honor. I believe in the kingdom, I believe Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish were a part of another faction with Adam Cole in Ring of Honor. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick Adam Cole to get the first win in what I think is going to be a trilogy of matches spanning out the entire year. And finally, for the NXT Championship, Finn Balor defending against Karrion Cross who had been waiting in the shadows for his title shot following his shoulder injury last summer. In the words of Finn Balor himself, what took you so long? Now this match is going to be stiff, it's going to be hard hitting, and it's going to result in a new and once again NXT champion Karrion Cross. Much as I love Finn Balor. You know, uh, Nate, good brother Nate, Nate the A from Great, the game changer himself, just had his virtual meet and greet with Finn Balor that he show, shared with me and shared with his uh, friends on Facebook. By the way, Nate, Postmania collab, bro. Let's do this. An NXT UK prelude, I believe, will only be... Uh, is it going to be a one-hour episode? Is it going to be just a usual episode of UK? I'm not entirely sure, but I might be able to catch it uh, well after the fact because I work Thursday until about 4 or 5, get home, get comfy, get my food ready for NXT, and just like that, night two of Stand and Deliver will be starting. So for the UK Championship, we have Walter defending against Rampage Brown. As much as I would like to see a changing of the guard in the UK division to give someone at BT Sports and the UK division itself a fresh coat of paint, Rampage Brown would be that guy. I don't think it will be yet. Walter retains in a stiff, stiff, hard-hitting match. The Heritage Cup number one contenders match between Noam Dar with Shaw Samuels versus Tyler Bate with Trent Seven. The winner of this match will, will earn a future title shot from Heritage Cup champion A-Kid. Trent Seven is turning his back on Tyler Bate and disbanding Mustache Mountain. I'm going to say it here. And now you can just take a minute to laugh at me while I am wrong.
Okay. Miko Satomura and Emilia McKenzie versus Ela Dawn and women's champion Kay Lee Ray. I mean, Satomura and McKenzie. Millie McKenzie. Oh, that's who that is. There we go. I just realized that in the middle of my sentence. And I think Satomura is going to get get a win here because she just had a match of the year candidate with Kaylee Ray and the champion coming out on top. We also see we're going to get some appearances by Ilya Dragunov, a kid, maybe like a video interview with Jordan Devlin. Uh, it's looking up to be a pretty decent show. And I want to highlight a few more matches here that are going to be taking place during WrestleMania weekend. Before I do that, I just wanted to give a shout out to my good, my good brother, my friend, uh, Matt Baker, Mr. GNV, uh, from, well, from Wales, my Welsh buddy. Thank you for making my face into the WrestleMania logo for this week's podcast. It is much appreciated. And congrats on the birth of your son. And I hope that you were doing well, my good friend. We have some matches on the indie scene. Because, you know, the indie scene during WrestleMania week is always a pretty big deal. We have Game Changer Championship Wrestling. We have things like... Effie's Big Gay Brunch. We have Joey Janela's Spring Break. We have the Alley Cat's Hot Girl shit. The gray, the gray Sweatpants Battle Royal, amongst some other things. But there's a few matches on here that I think are going to be worth taking a look at. Some of these matches are going to be on IWTV, where we found uh, Limitless Wrestling. They, they also have a thing, I think... This weekend, I'm not entirely sure, but at Violence X Suffering, we have a match between Leo Rush and Low Key, which should be very interesting to say the least. You know, I know uh, Low Key is uh, someone not very popular amongst wrestlers or wrestling fans. You know, he has different opinions about Rona and all that. I'm not going to get into it. He is a human being who has the right to his opinion. Let us not forget that even if we disagree with him. We have Josh Barnett versus John Moxley at uh, at a Bloodsport show. And formerly known as Flash Funk in WWE, ECW icon Too Cold Scorpio versus Rich Swan. So if you're looking to catch some other shows other than WrestleMania and NXT and you have the time to kill to watch all that because uh, <laughs> you're a madman or mad woman or mad non-binary or non-mad fill in the blank. Uh, yeah, there, there's just so much stuff to watch along with WrestleMania. And it is one of the reasons I love WrestleMania week so much. You know, frankly, I'm only going to be watching NXT TakeOver and WrestleMania. Hence the four nights at Fretzy's. Ha ha ha. I'm so funny. Not. 
it's just such a special time of the year for wrestling fans. Whether you cover this for a living, whether you cover wrestling as a hobby like like I do, like have fun with it. You know, make uh, make it unique, make it your own. And everyone who is hearing this, everyone who is doing content this week, I wish you health and happiness and sanity and fun. Make it fun because that's what wrestling is is supposed to be. I'm 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 so excited. Now WrestleMania, good lord, I've been rambling on here for half an hour and I haven't talked about WrestleMania yet. Holy crap, uh folks. Whew. I'm sorry. I'm going to bang through this here quickly. Giggity. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair, of course, won the Women's Royal Rumble this year, leading up to her challenging Sasha Banks. Banks has finally gotten a little bit more edge back, a little bit more boss, a little bit more heel back in her character as she is grasping at her title, grasping at straws because Bianca will defeat her for the title. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Based on the way that the company has built Bobby for the past couple of weeks, I do not want him to lose the title here. However, I think Drew is going to win. Uh, I think that this match is going to open WrestleMania. This will be the first thing the crowd sees. The first proper WrestleMania crowd moment in two years. The first WWE proper audience moment in 300 and something days. It's just going to be so refreshing to see. Quick sideberg, I was watching uh, bits of the Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers game today uh, that my Blue Jays won. Thank you. Thank you very much. And there was so many fans at the Arlington Stadium in Texas. And it's so refreshing to see audiences enjoying sports. You know, yes, we are in the middle of a pandemic. But at the same time, it is so cool to see people enjoying sports outside. Now, do all that with your safety measures in place and have a good time. Part of me thinks that the Hurt Business breaking up is a ruse. You know, despite the fact that they took lumps out of each other this week on Raw... And last week as well. But I'm sticking with my gut here. And I'm thinking that Drew McIntyre is going to win here. You know the crowd might might not like it. They might boo Drew just a little bit. But this also gives Drew that moment he should have had last year in front of an audience. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest is going to beat. They're going to beat Miz and Morrison. It's that simple. They're, they're going to win here. This feud was built for Bad Bunny to defeat Miz and Morrison. Yes, even after they they got jumped this week 
and that nice Bugatti car got all dumped in paint and hey hey hop hop being the best thing uh, since hey hey ho ho being the best thing since the dirt sheet was invented and this feud making me a Miz fan. Mostly because I hate Bad Bunny's music. <laughs> I might get back to hating The Miz later on in the year, but right now I'm cheering for The Miz so hard. But Bad Bunny and Damian Priest are going to get the win here. New Day versus AJ Styles and Almost for the Tag Team Championships on Raw. Tag Team's titles have eluded AJ Styles over the years, being I think the only title he hasn't held in the WWE. That's not the 24-7 Championship because that doesn't count. I can see AJ and Omos winning the titles here. This being Omos's first first match, his debut, his debut. AJ and Omos get the win here. <sighs> Braun and Shane in a steel cage match. Man, this feud is stupid. This match is stupid. And Shane McMahon is going to win because Braun is stupid. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to climb to the top of the cage and there's going to be like a, oh, a shake cage or Braun's going to try and get his hands on Shane and he pushes Shane off the cage instead and Shane wins via escape but takes his horrendous annual bump at WrestleMania. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins is a match I'm really looking forward to because of the clash of styles that these two are going to have. The show stealer of WrestleMania is right here. The Swiss Cyborg and the Thursday Night Messiah have been having a little feud on SmackDown. I think it's also leading up with, uh, you know, the swing that that Seth Rollins is afraid of or something. And I think Cesaro's going to get the win here, get his win back. And after being in the in the company for almost a decade is going to get his first singles WrestleMania match and victory at the granddaddy of them all. In past years, he had been in tag team matches on the pre-show or the main card, you know, tagging with Tyson Kidd or, or Sheamus as the bar. He finally gets a singles match here. Or, you know, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which is taking place on SmackDown. Uh, I'm going to throw a a dart at the wall here and say that Jey Uso is going to win the armbar, Andre the Trade Memorial Battle Royal armbar, ha ha ha, with help of a returning Jimmy Uso. We would also get a completion of the bloodline with Roman Reigns. I'll get there in a minute. A tag team turmoil match for the number one contendership of women's tag team champions Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. So far, we have Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus Lana and Naomi versus Natty and Tamina versus the Riot Squad. I think we're going to see at least one more team added to this. And dear God, I hope it's the Iconics. Or we get Bailey and somebody. Why the crap isn't Bailey having a match at this show? I think she's going to get added into here. Maybe we'll see a ding-dong-hello segment or something. But this is a woman that has carried the division on her back for the past year and doesn't have a match at Mania. A little bit irked by that. Maybe she's hurt. Or maybe she just needs to go knock down uh, Adam Pierce's door and get after it. 
maybe she brings in a partner for this match. There's gonna be more. There's gonna be more people added to this match. I can I can kind of see it from here. Now on the night two, Roman Reigns versus Edge and Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Daniel Bryan, in my mind, is there for one reason. And he is there to eat the pin from either Roman or Edge. Now, we're going to see big-time interference, I think, here by both Usos. Aforementioned my uh, Jey Uso winning the uh, Andre Battle Royal. Roman's retaining. I, I also, I don't think that Roman losing the title here would hurt his character, especially if he is not pinned, and then he can go and get his moment back. Edge winning the Royal, the Royal Rumble here came up a little short. He's becoming a little bit more rated R heel Edge around here, around now. But I think throughout the year, he's going to descent even further into madness and get the title somehow. But I think Roman Reigns is going to retain here and continue to be the head of the table. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Ripley's got to get the belt here. You know, Asuka has had the belt for almost a year now. Uh, it's not her fault that she's been booked terribly for the past year. But man, the Raw Women's Division needs a fresh start. And what better than Rhea Ripley, who showed a little bit of an edge, a little bit of NXT UK heel Rhea on Raw this week. So I think she could get the title here. And, uh, and will. The Fiend and Randy Orton, this hasn't been announced as any gimmick matches yet, but... This this is the fiend getting his win back and getting his revenge on Orton following being set on fire after TLC. It's that simple. The fiend is gonna win here. Big E versus Apollo Cruz in the Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, when I heard him say that, I thought it was gonna be like a lumberjack match with a bunch of Nigerian drummers, but it's a hardcore match. And Apollo Crews is going to get the title. KO Mania 5. Kevin Owens, this time, versus longtime frenemy Sami Zayn, who has Logan Paul in his corner for some reason. Kevin Owens is going to get the win here. Sami Zayn is going to continue to descend further into his conspiracy madness. And snap at some point in time in the near future kevin owens gets the, the win here maybe he can throw logan paul off the pirate ship here's hoping speaking of someone who, who i want to see get thrown off the pirate ship matt riddle defending the u.s title against sheamus <sighs> riddle's retaining as much as i hate to say it riddle's gonna have a run here an annoying run He'll scoot through a good chunk of the year as the U.S. champion, and Sheamus is going to put him over. I want to see Sheamus kick Riddle's head off and break that scooter over, over his face. But yeah, 
Riddle gets the win here. And the Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's one of the surprise entrants in this match. If if not two, we're going to see a re reformation of the Iconics. Who will win the Women's Tag Team titles once again at WrestleMania. Failing that Riot Squad. But I really want to see the Iconics reform. No, Billy Kay, that whole resume shtick has been working. It's been funny. But Peyton Royce has been doing nothing since they've broken up. Billy Kay is at least on TV and trying to be entertaining with her whole resume shtick. But oh man, we this division needs the Iconics again. Well, that is my preview. That is my breakdown of WrestleMania and NXT. What are your picks? What are you looking forward to the most? And since you have now heard this podcast after Stand and Deliver, what was your favorite match and moment from the show? You can definitely hit me up on Twitter. You can send me a DM. If you're a member of our Wrestle Attic Radio Patreon chat, you can drop one in there. So Jermaine, that one's for you. And please, if you're not a Patreon, consider supporting us. Only five bucks a month. It'll get you discounts on merch, exclusive shows, and access to us in an awesome group chat with even more awesome people like Kavita, Wade, and so many more. And Jermaine, my good brother across the pond, my fellow Chiefs fan, and so many more great people, including the rest of us on Wrestle. Addict Radio, Kings of the Rings, the YLP Podcast, and a returning Mance Chapel. Mance, hope you're doing well, bro. Cheers to you. So that has been it for this loaded first half of the show. Coming up next, Monday Night Raw from April 9th, 2001. And welcome back to the Fretzelmania podcast, folks. It is now time to go back 20 years to talk about Monday Night Raw from April 9th, 2001, emanating from the Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts, home of my most hated team in the history of sports, the Boston Bruins. We see a flashback of the recent history between Vince and Linda McMahon with Vince doing the I want a divorce, having the affair with Trish Stratus, the match with Shane McMahon, putting his own wife in a sanitarium, heavily medicated, and then her being not medicated anymore, kicking Vince McMahon in the beans at WrestleMania, meeting with Mick Foley to be the special guest referee of said match, and for her to slice these grapefruits in a rather symbolic moment leading up to what we're going to see tonight. Uh, Linda McMahon has a special announcement for the WWE Universe, and one that is targeted towards her husband, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And now Raw starts off with Vince 
somewhere in the fleet center staring at a couple of Bruins jerseys that are framed in like a glass trophy case kind of thing. One of them is Sergei Samsonov, you know, a former uh, forward in the NHL, played many seasons and on a few different teams. And another is a jersey, a jersey of a man who is still playing today, but he is playing for my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. And that is Jumbo Joe Thornton, who was drafted in the late 90s by the Boston Bruins before he was traded to the San Jose Sharks, where he spent a number of years and now in the twilight of his career in Toronto. I thought that was a rather cool full circle moment. Nate, take a shot. And JR walks into the to the back here, sporting a massive shiner from a beatdown he suffered at the hands of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which we're going to be getting to in in a second here. And McMahon has the the half-assed what happened? Oh, I owe you an apology kind of thing here. The disingenuous prick that Vince is not giving a toss, knowing full well what happened, encouraging what happened. And JR is just like, I'm here to work. That's it. Nothing. No nonsense. Well, we're, we're going to have a little talk first. You know, come into my, not office, but his little lounge area. And right now, Paul Heyman is running the show solo on commentary, mocking JR, trying to announce as him here, just being a total prick. And Kurt Angle is in the ring, and he makes a championship challenge. And he says that, you know, he feels naked without his his title, you know, that he lost at No Way Out. And he says that Boston is not used to winning. <clears throat> that aged well, because since then, you know, Boston, love them or hate them, have become some of the most successful cities in in sports. You know, the New England Patriots winning n- numerous Super Bowls, the Boston Bruins winning a Stanley Cup, and then getting to the finals a couple of years later. Uh, the Red Sox won a couple of World Series titles as well, I believe, and yeah, that aims well. I guess we can um, throw that shade at Toronto now because now the Leafs are the most Stanley Cup drought team right now, having nothing since 1967. Please stop reminding me. Angle directs his attention towards uh, Tim Wakefield, who is <laughs> in the audience. Uh, he, of course, is a former Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, most known from his 17-year tenure with the Red Sox from 95 to about 2012, being the longest-serving player on the team at the time. And he was only a couple of years into his career, and even in 2001, Kerning was like, Tim Wakefield, you're still active? <laughs> only in Boston. Oh, man, it's just funny, funny stuff here. And eventually, after a little bit more crowd... Uh, pandering here boom fire pyro and that's gotta be kane comes out here and all the weapons come out to play with the trash can and the trash can lid there's a spot where kane is tied up in the ropes and kurt angle just unloads on bin shots here big show comes out to counteract this 
landing the final cut on Kane. He kills Kurt Angle too for good measure. Undertaker comes out to even the odds and imagine the dead man in the hardcore division. Imagine the level of violence that The Undertaker would bring to the Hardcore Championship. Well, too bad that doesn't happen, right? Kurt Angle then, he is encouraging even the Big Show to like take everyone out. He's encouraging Undertaker and Kane to take out the Big Show. But no, they just kick Kurt Angle aside. Double chokeslam on, on Paul White. And Kane wins the match that Kurt Angle challenged him to. Well, all right, yeah, Kane retains the Hardcore Championship, so the 24-7 rule is in effect here. Uh, I found it funny that Big Show was hit with a no-dumping-allowed sign, knowing that in a couple of years' time, in his feud with uh, Eddie Guerrero for the United States Championship, that Eddie would come up with the sewage truck and... uh, Dump Big Show with Dump. Ah, shit happens, right? And I believe that this this version of Kane, this version of the Big Red Machine, you know the the tank top and the and the dark mask and and all that. That is Apron Bump's favorite version of Mayor Kane. Uh, Apron Bump, if you're hearing this, uh, shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Vince and Jr. are backstage. They're in a nice little uh, little dorm, not a dorm room, like a lounge room, comfy chairs and couches. Are you comfy, JR? I just want you to be in the right frame of mind. I want what's best for you. Steve Austin comes in to join them. Creepy, intense Austin. He's not kissing McMahon's ass quite so badly yet. He's not giving hugs and doing sing-alongs and giving the psychotic look with the hug and going to be the old stone cold. Nah, this is just Austin trying to get his heel persona over. It's working a little bit. He's starting to get a few boos here. So it's like, all right, some home movies here, WWE edition. And yeah, this is going to be awkward. It's WWE meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, No popcorn and soda for this movie. Uh, It's the life and times of JR in the WWE. And this uh, forwards to SmackDown. The SmackDown after WrestleMania X7. the the, The night after the Raw from last week. And... JR, you know, Stone Cold's best friend, is trying to get an answer out of Steve Austin. It's like, you know, like, why are you with Vince McMahon and all that? And, you know, Stone Cold's getting intense with me, like, you know, look at me when I'm talking to you. You know, Vince is an insurance policy. I ha- I had a successful comeback and all that. And uh, JR asks if... Stone Cold felt any remorse for this. And you start to see these little nuances, these little things. Steve Austin always gives people flack or 
praise for just the little things in wrestling. He's just there, the body language on him, which, you know, I am no expert in body language at all. So seeing Steve Austin on the couch, just, you know, just, you know, arm around JR disingenuously, like, you know, flicking his hat, just the, the, the looks on his face and, you know, don't trust Austin signs in the crowd, brown nose 316 and, they go back and forth. He's like, don't you sass me, JR. And the question about the alliance with the Triple H comes up. You know, what about the man who tried to basically kill you? The man that tried to end your career by orchestrating one of the, mo the most elaborate, <clears throat> yeah, right, uh, things in, in WWE history with setting up who ran over you. Why the heck... Are you with Triple H? And that's a valid question. And he gave a pretty valid response. I'll give him that. It's like, if he's sick enough to want to end me by hitting me with a car, wouldn't you want that same kind of person on my side? It's like, you're just going to have to beat these answers out of me, JR. Come on, hit me. You look like you lost your best friend. And then JR's like, well, yeah, you know. I was I was there after you got out of surgery. I was there Super Bowl Super Bowl Sunday talking to you all that stuff. It's like hit me JR, hit me. And then finally Steve Austin just snaps and starts unloading on JR. Just pound him. He's about to <clears throat> wait for it. Vince McMahon comes out. No, Austin, what are you doing? That's your friend. Damn it, Steve. Open him up. Just unloads on JR. And JR is watching this. This beatdown that they recorded. And, he, and they're showing it to him like it's something out of freaking Clockwork Orange. Except JR's eyes weren't like split open. Forcing him to watch. He's like, well, I can quit. I can sue your ass. Or, or tomorrow, I can go and work for Shane McMahon in WCW. I got work to do. Then... Boomer Sooner plays, and JR walks to the ring to do his job. To do commentary with Paul Heyman. And Heyman is just... Oh, hey, Jim! How are you, Jim? Well, well Paul... Let's get to work. Right away, boom. Just like that, Crash Holly and Molly Holly in a handicap match with Rhino. We see highlights of their match last week where Rhino just gored the both of them. You know, Molly did the Molly go round to, to the Man Beast, and she ate a gore as a result. And right away, they are going for Rhino, looking for some revenge, the Holly cousins are. A double A mwah, spine buster by Rhino. Molly tries to get a cheap shot in here, uh, but then, you know, chase around the ring spot and he asks, Who the man? Man, that is so 2001. Crash Holly eats the gore for the win. Molly Holly jumps Rhino after the match, and just as Rhino was going to go after her, out comes big cousin Bob Holly. Thurman Sparky Plug is back. 
to make the save. And the Holly Cousins, who who were never split really in the first place, leave as a unit. Uh, Vince and Steph are, are backstage. You know, it's going to be an unusual night. Steph is watching the TV and she sees a limo pull up and is like, Dad, Mom's here. Ruh-roh. Get me some water, please. Then we see the Castrol GTX Slam of the Week with a match on Sunday Night Heat between Lita and Spike Dudley. And sweet zombie Linda makes her way backstage greeting the APA and China. And Spike Dudley is backstage with Michael Cole. And then the X Factor comes in and is like, I heard of laying down for women, but not in the wrestling ring, punk. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. Yes, referencing that Spike Dudley lost to Lita on Sunday Night Heat. On SmackDown, we see an STF and an ankle lock locked on Benoit by Ben by no by Angle and Regal, respectively. And Benoit has no choice here but to tap out. Dual submissions is gonna get one heck of uh, of a victory here. We see Chris Jericho and Triple H go for the Intercontinental Title, and Jericho. Gets the visual tap out here, a la Roman Reigns a couple of weeks ago. But to no avail, there is no referee. Stephanie McMahon gets involved. She gets locked into the walls of Jericho. And the and the ever so vigilant, the ever so gentlemanly, William Regal hits a chair to Jericho's face. A pedigree. And Triple H is the new intercontinental champion for the first time since 1998 coach and regal have an interview uh, jericho and benoit's newfound respect for each other is uh, concerning to me and tonight they're going to have a match booked against each other taker versus big show but first the jvc gigatube boom box boom of the week Anyone remember the JVC Kaboom or any boom boxes by JVC? They're like the size of a small truck and probably had a subwoofer more than, you know, every low rider uh, out there. And in the typical big show taker match, they've had a couple of these with this exact same finish where big show is in the corner doing the 10 punch spot, but Taker comes out from under him, grabs him by the legs, and power bombs show through the mat. Not quite the last rag, as he didn't get the wedgie up there. That would take power, because around this time, uh, Big Show's weight was fluctuating. It was troubling. He had just been sent down to OVW, came back, and didn't really trim down that well. Coming from a guy who struggles with weight issues, yeah, it sucks. But, yeah... The powerbomb here wins the match in an impressive spot for the dead man. And Linda McMahon comes out to the WrestleMania rap theme, the da na 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 that I use sometimes. And she says tonight that she has three special announcements. One, that I have fully recovered and of full sound body and mind to resume my duties as the CEO 
of the World Wrestling Federation. Number two, that I am proud of my son Shane for winning his match at WrestleMania and his new venture in WCW. I wish him nothing but the best. But for my third announcement, I need my husband Vince to come out to the ring. So out he comes. No hug, no handshake, just business. Linda is no in no mood. Scandals, Tristratish, meds. You know, you did all this to me. And Vince McMahon gets on his knees and says, Linda, I I humbly apologize for everything that I did. And then Linda, full circle moment, Nate, take another shot. I want a divorce. Sweet zombie Linda. Mr. and Mrs. McMahon are no more. Backstage, Lita compliments uh, Linda McMahon on the courage it took to, to do this. Limo goes away. Vince trying to chase it away. And there's Lita. And there's Vince. He is pissed. Ah, I'm going to book you in a match with Stephanie McMahon and Triple H and Steve Austin. You'll be... You and Team Extreme in a six-person intergender tag match. Oh, crap. We see the Dudley Boys with their new theme by Saliva dealing with the X-Factor. On the WWE Network, they, uh, they dub Uncle Cracker. That's a damn, damn shame because, you know, X-Factor is awesome. And, you know, again, I'm going to be referencing the Apron Bump podcast here, uh, I've listened to some of their lead-ups and through the invasion where he talks about Uncle Cracker and and X-Factor. <laughs> the very product of its time. I was listening to this stuff when I was 17. I'm still disappointed that this dub theme is here. And this dub theme is here to stay because I've actually looked ahead into things like, you know, King of the Ring 2001 because I gotta revisit that historic street fight with Shane and Angle before I review it in a couple of months. And yes, this is another match that is happening at Backlash, but it's going to be a six-person tag with the Dudley Boys and Spike versus the entire X-Factor. Just Incredible eats a 3D. X-Pac eats the was up right in his X-Sack. Get the table. Nope. Albert comes in and yeets Spike Dudley right out of the ring, right up the ramp. If there's anything that Spike Dudley knew how to do, it was to take a freaking bump because that man, holy crap, how are you not dead? Like, look at some of the big men that he wrestled for and got squashed by over the years. Sid, Bam Bam Bigelow, Sally Graziano from the Full-Blooded Italians, uh, Taz, who's not a big man, but Taz choked him out, like Rhino, just destroyed him so many times with the gore. And yeah, Albert comes in, bubble bomb through the table. This feud is continuing. Matt and Lita chilling backstage. Uh, Jeff is in some kind of zen zone here where he's like laying on the couch talking like upside down. Like, oh, yeah, man. He's like trying to channel Rob Van Dam before Rob Van Dam becomes a thing. And I find it funny that there's like fr Lita's friggin' 
poster with her in her bikini is right behind them in the dressing room while they're all talking. And they're all just talking about this match. It's like, hey, we'll wrestle this match, whatever. We see Benoit and Jericho once again. Yes, the feud continues. Or does it? Monday Night Raw is brought to you by M&M's. Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. That's what she said. Fram oil filters and the aforementioned Gigatube from JVC. <laughs> Regal here is the special guest referee. He does a slow count. He waves to the crowd instead of counting a pin here. He accidentally gets bumped into by Chris Jericho and the ref here shoves back. It's a no mercy ref match. You accidentally bump the ref and you get screwed. There is a two-on-one here with the Walls of Edmonton, I'll call it, the Crossface and Walls of Jericho combination, or or Jet Oil, because Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers. <clears throat> Moving on, that was terrible. Val Venus versus Raven. The Flock. No. No, not quite, because I thought this was Raven versus Stevie Richards, but it's Raven versus Val Venus. But because the right to censor was at ringside here, Val Venus gets the win, I believe, with the money shot. You know, Raven, you know, cut some kind of preachy thing about being preachy to the right to censor, which was kind of funny. They threw it right back in his face, but they're a thing, but... Not for much longer. WWF New York. I'm not booked tonight. The tag champs have the night off, which, you know, that's cool. You just went through a grueling tables, ladders, and chairs, oh my, match at WrestleMania. You deserve a little bit of time off before you get your asses handed to you by the Brothers of Destruction. And they go and have seven-time tag team champ cake. Seven sodas with seven umbrellas and a seven-layer cake. What dorks. Freaking love Edge and Christian. Uh, they are challenged by the Hollies for the tag titles on SmackDown. And yeah, we're getting we're getting that match. And we're going to do not a five-second pose, but a seven-second pose. Okay, this programming note. This is where Val Venus and Raven... Happened. There's a DDT, but Steven pulls Raven off. No DQ. Another DDT. Bobby Cannon and the Good Father interfere here. Money shot. Boom. That was it. Team Extreme versus the Two Man Power Trip and Stephanie McMahon. The crowd is hot for this match here. And the Hardys, man, they are so good at bumping and just selling, getting the emotion running and getting their asses kicked jeff is taking all the abuse like always matt hardy he's usually the one that would come in do the house of fire do the hot tag spot <sighs> eventually a big schmoz breaks out outside of the ring inside of the ring however lita twist of fate moonsault on stephanie mcmahon lita pins the billion dollar princess and wins for Team Extreme. However, afterwards, Steve Austin goes postal here, hitting everyone with chairs. Both of the Hardys and Lita 
with said chair. Like Steve is replicating the the finish from X7 where he is just hitting chair shot after chair shot after chair shot on Team Extreme. Finally, Lita has enough, just covers over her boyfriend, Matt Hardy, to to protect or stop Steve Austin from hitting the chairs. But no, Steve creams Lita in the back with several chair shots here and does that sternum one right, right in the center of the chest that he did to The Rock. He does to the Team Extreme and to Lita as well. The crowd boos, so they are firmly behind or not behind Steve Austin here. Steve Austin is booed. He takes out Team Extreme. And I just relived this on a WWE DVD I have. It's Stone Cold What? It covered like his 2001 run from about here until SummerSlam. And it's, uh, man, it's a doozy. This is tough to watch because all the chair shots and even, you know, he hit a woman with a chair. Yikes. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Fretzelmania podcast. You know, I recorded this, you know, before I watched or previewed what's going to be happening at WrestleMania. I'll be doing that in a couple of days. You can't tell, but I just told you anyways. <laughs> WrestleMania, NXT Stand and Deliver, and all of the other indie shows like Game Changer Wrestling, Joey Janela stuff. And it's one of my favorite weeks of the year in, in the wrestling calendar. Although I'm only going to be able to get to watch like NXT and WrestleMania because those are the evenings that I'm not working. I'll catch up to everything eventually and you'll be getting reviews. Quick, quick reviews of all of, all of these next week on Fretzelmania. Of course, I will be continuing Monday Night Raw from 2... 2001 and just to give you a sneak preview of this we get to talk about jeff hardy and triple h for the intercontinental title on smackdown jeff hardy upsets triple h and triple h wants his rematch so that is your sneak preview for 2001 raw for next week everyone please enjoy wrestlemania whatever you're doing However, you're watching it with uh, your family, with your friends. Enjoy it. It's a distraction that we're all going to need, especially up here in Ontario. We got locked down again because our premier is a joke. Anywho, enjoy everyone. God bless, be safe, and keep wrestling real. <laughs>